This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Coach Hogg here today in the uh, manly warthog man cave inside the Melbourne Law Studio. 50 years of experience, the only official law firm partner in the Florida Gators. And, of course, protected by crime prevention 24-7, 365cpss.net. And check out the mug shots. And thanks to all our sponsors on the spot cleaners, Great Grunch, R&R Construction. Um, absolutely take care of you if you need any construction uh, work done. Uh, shoot GTR, safe range. Go there all the time to practice myself. Or I wouldn't recommend them. So uh, Style Cuts is the official hairstylist, we call it, of the Ward Scott Files. And, of course, we have a partnership with the Rochelle Chronicle. We advertise on their page, and uh, we hope you advertise with us and sponsor us and keep us going. A lot here to talk about on Coach Hogg's Locker Room. And then on the local, I'll be talking about quite a bit of material here on the local. So um, a lot of interesting things that I need to kind of help you understand here in class today. Uh, just a few things about, uh, of course, the Coach Hogg's Locker Room. The World Series has been settled. Astros are the betting favorites over Philadelphia. And um, it's going to be, you know, these things always seem to occur in the northern climes in the month of November, so it can get kind of chilly. Uh, we used to have a very good uh, uh, Mr. October. Uh, you remember him, and he played uh, and did well in that stretch here. So the series will start October 28th, this Friday. And uh, as I say, the Astros are the betting favorites over Philadelphia. Um, in the NFL world of uh, football battles, it's been kind of close here lately. Once again, as I covered last uh, Monday, the field goal has come into play for some of these close games. I was particularly disappointed and proud at the same time of the Jaguars who really drove it down the field and almost got back and beat the Giants who are there doing very well. I think the Jaguars are coming along and they're going to improve and improve and improve. Um, they've got, uh, 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 seems their coaching world is straightened out. The players are on the same page. It's obvious that uh, from the way they play that they're well coached. And uh, they are enthusiastic about what they're doing. And they are competing in every game they're in. I don't see anything about them. It even begins to suggest that they're quitting or getting disappointed before the game is over. In the college scene, I have determined I've got a favorite coach. I've watched his post-game uh, conferences, his interviews with the press. I think he's a very polished man. I think he really knows what he's talking about. And I think he's done an excellent job. And that's Brian Kelly at LSU. 
oh, this fellow could be the CEO of, of one of the big um, corporations. Uh, he's at, he has that much stature and, and, and dignity, if you will. At the same time, he's got that side to him, I assure you, that is uh, rather primitive, if you will, in the savage arts of football. And he's able to get his players on the same page and get them in the right positions to succeed. That's one of the big things about coaching is putting the players in the right position to succeed, finding out what is the best place for them and then helping them do as best they can there and then pulling all that together as a team. So I'm a fair, I, I, I like Brian Kelly. Keep your eye on Brian Kelly. Of course, I also like Lane Kiffin, but Brian Kelly is a pretty steady guy. He uh, is a very uh, uh, even uh, speaking kind of fellow in the conferences and very informative and polite and nevertheless knows what he's talking about. So I've got my eye on LSU uh, and Brian Kelly. The Alabama world is kind of interesting because of all of the press that has accompanied uh, a situation that happened uh, when the Tennessee fans stormed the field. Now, storming the field is frowned upon, as you might imagine. It's easy to get hurt when you have 100,000 people in the stands and they break ranks and pour out there in chaotic fashion. Um, anything from being trampled to run over, um, it's, it's not a very happy situation. It's one which the league heavily finds, has fined Tennessee for doing, I think, 100000 bucks. And uh, they set up a GoFundMe account. Uh, they had all these contributions come in to pay it. But the fact remains that the field is the field. And you don't want to get on that field. Now, every once in a while, you'll see somebody run out on a baseball field. Baseball is not a contact sport, except for my favorite play, which is the collision at home plate. Uh, that's my favorite play. And uh, then, of course, my second favorite play is stealing second base. So that also can have a good collision in it and the possibilities of high athletic skill and turning the double play. For those, those are my two favorite um, I've seen Willie Mays throw it from deep in center field on a one hop to home plate and get the guy coming in. Saw that in person. So uh, saw Minnie Minoso with the Chicago White Sox. Uh, some of these guys are really something. And that remains a, a, a contact moment. But in football, every moment's a contact moment. And you may recall uh, years back when a fan went onto the field in the Chicago Bears game and Dick Buckus and the Monsters of the Midway were there and Buckus body slammed the guy, tackled him. And, you know, the fella didn't come out on the long end of that. And Buckus made no apologies. Uh, listen, you come down on this field, you can expect to get what you get. You don't belong on this field. Now that... It's a little different because it was game was over with the Tennessee game, but in running off the field, uh, Jermaine Burton uh, kind of gruffly pushed a female fan. Now, you take a look at the – I'm not going to run the, the video, but she really 
probably said something to him. I don't know. But at any rate, you know, here you are. You can't win that for a number of reasons. A, you're a football player, male. B, she's a female. You know, females want to be females at one that's advantageous to be females. And then you want to be males when it's advantageous to be male with the protection of being a female is the way a lot of people look at this. So he doesn't really make any contact with her, almost kind of brushes her aside. But this gets turned into all the hysteria that you can imagine the various groups that advocate for the various uh, movements uh, got involved with. Um, so he's uh, appearing to come in con appearing to come in contact with her head as she nears him. Uh, she stumbles and in turns as if she is shocked. She's shocked. She's shocked. Oh, really? Well, you're on the field. All right. So there was this hue and cry for this young man's head. And Saban, I think, did the sensible thing. He said in his press conference, uh, he was fully aware of the video and that uh, the situation like this, he would take care of it. Now, the initial reportage on this uh, by uh, uh, the uh, one of the one of the announcers. Let me see if I got which one it is here. Uh, was that uh, uh, this was a this was a problem for uh, this boy, and he would have to go through oh harassment training and sensitivity this and and. Uh, all of that sort of business. And Saban said, no, he's not going to do that. He's not going through anger management. I, thank, thank you. Thank you, Coach Saban. We're not going to put a football player through anger management. Oh, that's like putting a steer among bulls. You're not going to do that. And Saban knows that. He said, I don't know what you're talking about in terms of uh, anger management, but he was scared. I was scared. What's he talking about? Saban and the player were scared because they were on the field and this riotous group of people were charging onto the field. So wh which, which shoes on which foot here? He says, this situation was scary. These people were charging us. He says, they have to learn how to respect us. Now, the lesson here is we all need to respect each other, but you don't come charging down there out of control. Now, to make matters worse, in the big scheme of teaching moments, the University of Tennessee has made light of this. The director of athletics says, oh, great, we'll pay the fine. We beat Alabama. What kind of a lesson is that? That's coming from the top echelons of the educational institution. And so Saban says, I talked to the guy. He never called the player by his name in this interview. He said, I talked to with Warner Todd Houston. He says, I talked to the guy. We have a counseling program. It's not an anger management program. Uh, we're, not, we're not, that's not the problem. That's not the issue. It's about having the proper respect for other people. Well, you know, that, that, that goes both ways. Um, he said, I don't think it's necessary to suspend him. So if you knew the whole story, maybe you wouldn't either. I'm not going to divulge the whole story. You know, that's 
I, I like the way the coach is protecting his players and at the same time handing out a sensible uh, remedy for the, pro, for the, for the so-called incident. Um, and he, he managed this very – this could get out of hand. You see, everybody with a cause could have jumped on this and made a big deal about it. Um, he's not going to suspend a player for this. There was a hue and cry to have the guy suspended. Um, that's not good. We're not going to suspend the player. Now, if the player had gone up in the stands like some of these NBA guys have done, yeah, I think you kick them out of the league or kick them off the team or do something for them for a while until they come to their senses. That's a different deal. You know, the, the player didn't go to the fan. The fan came to the player. So, you know, everybody has got a, 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 an axe to grind. And um, this is the type of thing that you have to be careful of. And the lesson is, I suppose, for all of us, that we're always on camera. Uh, it can always be lifted out of context. It can always be dubbed. It can always be slanted. Um, it, it can always be uh, uh, somehow, some way uh, misconstrued for political reasons or ideological reasons. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just not... Uh, uh, the way it should it should go. So um, uh, we we just have to to, to applaud. I, I think Saban for this sensible reaction. Um, this kid went back and caught two receptions for forty yards yesterday in the game against Mississippi State. So I wanted to put that into the class today, students, because the lesson for all of us. Now let's compare this. Uh, I don't know if you knew this. I ran across this in some of my, you know, readings. At the University of Pennsylvania Yale football game, guess what? There was a swarm of protesters who rushed the field, delaying the start of the second half. The game is still going on, okay? They can't start the second half. Do you know who these protesters were and what they were protesting? It was a group of climate change activists. About 60 of them. They represented this group, the Fossil Free Pen Organization. And what they're protesting is they want the university to diverse its investments from fossil fuels. Huh? Now they go, here's where I think you need some counseling. These people go down on the field and won't leave. You have to drag them off of there by the nape of the neck. How else can we say it? Climate change activists. Swarming is the word here. And not leaving. Point is, the field is the field is the field. It is where violence is accepted. And if you go on it, you can expect to be, hey, even down on the sideline, it's a dangerous place. How many times have you got seen some guy get his clock cleaned, standing around down there when there's a play that spills over to the out-of-bounds? Um, there have been guys known to 
have broken legs and all those sort of things. Of course, they just were on the sidelines. They're off the field, really. I mean, the playing field. Uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a place that uh, you don't need to be on. You don't need to be on basketball courts. Uh, you don't just stay off the places. So um, that, that is my uh, kind of take on what's going on in the athletic world. The college coach uh, that I'm looking at is Brian Kelly, LSU. Uh, of course, much is being said right now about the declining skills, if you will, of Brady and Rodgers. My golly, those two are paid. I'm just going to make, I don't doubt it. Those two probably get paid more money than, than the entire high school teaching faculty of the state of Florida. You know, I used to I used to have a friend who was on the New England Patriots uh, when that quarterback was there. I've forgotten his name now. Came from Stanford. Every time he touched the ball, uh, he got a twenty five thousand dollar check, so to speak. That's how highly he was paid. Really, and this is back in the seventies. So now we got Rodgers and Brady. I don't. I would probably be, I think that would be interesting to look and see if they are paid. Their collective salaries will pay the salaries for what? I mean, that that'd be an interesting kind of research. What would their collective salary? Just the two of them. Uh, what would their salaries uh, be pay for uh, in some other profession? Um, and they're not doing well. I watched Brady yesterday. Either his receivers are off. I know he misses Gronkowski, but he wasn't on the spot. You know, he really wasn't on the spot. And uh, Rodgers, they figured out he's kind of slow back there. They charge him. If they put pressure on him, he's not accurate. So there is a reason uh, you retire. There is a reason why you can't play the game like a 20-year-old. Just ask Roger Federer. Uh, Ask Serena Williams. It's called mortality. You just can't do it after a while. Well, you can maybe half, sort of halfway do it, but do you want to halfway do it? Or maybe you need to downplay and play with guys your own age. Well, sometimes we have amateur leagues that do that, but the professionals don't. They're, they're either out there or they're gone. So 40 seems to be the cutoff date for pro athletics no matter how good you were. 40 for Federer. Uh, Brady's well into his 40s. Um, you know, something happens in that fourth decade. And it doesn't get any better from there, there on, believe me. So in terms of what you used to be able to do and what you can do now. So that is my Coach Hogs locker room. Uh, looking here to see if there's any uh, conversations about it. I want to cover for you some local stories. And first of all, I want to uh, uh, get into production. I think I'm ready now for that picture. If you would, please, uh, let's put the picture of the GPD police officer on the screen. Yeah, let me know when you got it on there. So I'll keep, I'll keep uh, chattering around here till I see if I'm a little bit behind. 
listeners to and viewers to what I see on the live screen. So um, soon, hopefully, we'll have this picture. Um, how's that coming? This is on the front page of the Gainesville Sunset Sunday. And uh, hopefully we'll have it up there in a minute. And the reason I put this up there is because I right away recognized uh, something was wrong. Um, are we doing okay with it? Well, um, they're working on getting this up here. Uh, we'll get it up here in a minute, hopefully. On the front page of the Gainesville Sun, which was loaded with stuff that I want to talk about today uh, on Sunday, uh, was um, um, several articles that need to be addressed so you can have a clear mind and not be misled. How are we doing, production? I hear some buzz from my young friends. <laughs> They've advised me to keep talking. Okay, uh, we'll show it in a moment. Um, let me uh, talk about what we have on the front page of the Gainesville Sun. We have a an article about elections, and uh, we have an article about uh, gay pride, and we have a picture about gay pride, which I hopefully can show you. And um, until then, I'll be talking a little bit. There it is. Thank you very much. There, I want you to take a look at this. Leave it up there for a while, production, please. I want you to take a look at this. This is a GPD police officer. Okay? The police has been colored with the rainbow. Now, this, ha this gentleman happens to be the liaison to the, I don't know, the gay pride, whatever. The sunglasses or glasses are gay pride. Uh, you can see that he is at least a corporal, might be a sergeant. Uh, that's on the front page of the Angels. Does that bother anybody? Does that bother anybody? Well, it should. And here's why. When you are a police officer and you are Leo, you are a law enforcement organization, you don't play favorites. Let's suppose this had NAACP on the back. Let's suppose it had KKK on the back. Let's suppose it had uh, some other organization on the back. If you weren't a member of that organization, then do you think you get fair treatment from that cop there if you were to say something or do something against that organization. This is absolutely a politicalization of the police of Gainesville, Florida. I've looked, I'm looking into who okays this. Of course, this GPD police force is run by a couple of guys who I, I don't think, I have not been able to figure out yet what Tony Jones is being paid for. I have been asking and asking and asking. The former police chief, he's getting six figures. What is he being paid to do? 
Lonnie Scott, six figures. What is he being paid to do? This kind of stuff? Put GPD officers in a gay pride uniform? This is nuts. I'll assure you, I will bet you, you will never see, knowing this sheriff, as I know the sheriff we have now, you will never see Alachua County Sheriff's Office walking around with an, an emblem on it that advocates anything other than protecting you, the citizens, all citizens, and not favoring one group over another and protecting all groups equally and all individuals equally. If there's a law, then that's what you protect. You enforce the law. Now, the judges screwed up. So be it. You will never see this. I promise you. On the uniform of this sheriff. I don't think you'll see it with Grady Judge. This is nuts. I want, you know, how many of you noticed this? Now, I'm assuming that you either see the Gainesville sunset in hard copy, which is increasingly difficult to do, or you take it online. There it is. And I thank production for getting it up. I apologize for a little bit of the hesitation. It took a little bit to lift, lift it out and send it over. But uh, I want you to see that thing because... Now, who's going, to pro who's going to protest this? Who's Nobody's going, nobody on the city commission. Obviously, they, they'll go along with it. I'm not talking about gay pride banners. I'm not talking about whether, it's not an issue whether you are for or against gays or any of that. That's not the issue. The issue is, Law enforcement is neutral. Now, this has been going on with the Gainesville Police Department for forever. When Jones was a chief and at G.G. Simmons, they okayed a rap concert on the weekend of homecoming a few years back without any permit. I'm positive of it. Without any permit of it. You can go around, you know, ask the sheriffs if they would let their deputies do this. I don't, I, I don't think, you know, we have a police department in the city of Elantra. I don't think that, I think this is weirdly Gainesville. You know, suppose he had Black Lives Matter on the back of that jacket. And that's what I think Darnell stupidly did. She marched as this sheriff in the Black Lives Matter parade here in this town a couple years back. And Black Lives Matter is on public saying it hates cops. Why would you do that? Just stick to being law enforcement. Don't get involved with this kind of stuff here. 
got several people looking into this, Ray. This gentleman, as I understand it, is the liaison, whatever that means, to the gay, gay pride organization. Now, I don't know if every organization under the sun in this community has a liaison to it. But it's being looked into, but nothing will be done. You know why? Let me give you a little explanation why. Unless you people who listen to the Ward Scott Files do something in terms of what you hear, there ain't going to be nothing done. That's why the research team is you, the public. If you ask me what this is about, go find out. You're a citizen. This show is archived. This show will be posted on warscottfiles.com. It'll be posted on Rumble. We, we ask you, we beg you to go to rumble.com and follow us to expand an avenue of talking about things like this. Obviously, the Gainesville Sun is not going to talk about it. They printed the picture. Are you catching on? Do you get the point? It's The ball's in your court. And if I hadn't put this up here and talked to you about it, there's nobody on God's green earth here would have done it. No, it's up to you all. This is a note in the pond. And the ripples go out and you are taken up from there. Well, I ain't even started yet because I'm going to get into the whole voter B article that is also on the front page of the Gainesville Sunset Sunday. So thank you very much, production, for putting that up there. It's up to you all. We'll be right back on the Ward Scott Files. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, 
Thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil. All right, welcome back to Board Scott Files. Got the weather report here brought to you by our good friends, Lewis Oil. Uh, been in the business since 1962, so it's a fossil fuel business now. By golly, you know, I was thinking about that. What do you do if you run out of energy in an electric car on the interstate? Does somebody bring you gas? I don't know. I guess you'll sit there. I've been watching these people charge these electric cars. They have to go eat lunch somewhere. That's how long it takes to charge the cars. I see them stop over here at one of the local charging spots in the city of Alachua. They spend a good while sitting around there. It's nuts. 58 degrees here anyway right now in God's country in the Piney Woods in north central Florida. Going to get up to the mid-80s today, according to AccuWeather. Uh, the sun is rising at 738 and, um, uh, you know, setting at 650. So we're shortening up the day and soon we'll get to the shortest one, so to speak. Uh, if you want to look at it that way. Um, the, the, the big thing that's going on, it really gets me excited. And of course, I don't do it much anymore, is there is a big snow dump coming across the Rockies. Man, when you get a snow dump, foot of snow um, in the Rockies in October, you're looking at a tremendous, um, you're looking at a tremendous ski season. And, boy, I'm telling you, I'm, it's all I can do to keep from at least going out there and sitting in the cabin in front of the fire and watch the people go down the hill. There's going to be some heavy rain come across the southern U.S. I don't think we'll get much of it. We'll wait and see. We had a big uh, hurricane come across Mexico. That's going to fizzle out, though, before it gets to us. And we're actually having problems with the Mississippi River, as we reported before. It's low, so we can use some rain coming through there. Because uh, we've got a lot of places where we're seeing things on the bottom of drying up lakes and drying up rivers uh, that we hadn't seen before. Boats have been there forever and all the above. So looks like we're going to have a fairly good day here in terms of good being uh, a rainless, mild temperature deal. Um, we'll uh, take it for right now. Uh, so. Have a great day. Enjoy it. Get out and do something you enjoy doing. If you whack at a golf ball, do that. If you just take a walk, do that. Uh, sit on the porch. Do something nice you like to do. Well, I'm going to now talk about, uh, of course, what, the other part of what's on the front page Sunday of the Gainesville Sunset. And it is um, 
a couple of things here that I need to talk about with you. Uh, one was uh, uh, th this, uh, this article, of course, is reprinted. Now, you have to remember this, and it comes from Palm Beach. Now, that's probably one of the most liberal communities, along with Broward County. As Sheriff Grady Judd said the other day, and we ran that for you, Broward County School Board wouldn't even accept the restrictions on uh, behavior there uh, that needed to be done with the school system after the shooting, and they were ground zero. Um, that whole area down there, right in that corner, is a little bit off the charts in terms of being left. So this was a reprint from the Palm Beach Post coming through the USA Today network. And they, let me tell you now, most of what is being written uh, by places like the Palm Beach Co Post is slanted to the point that it's not even giving you truth. Now, we have been running this story about local election beep since 2019. I just want to take a moment and point out something. There were a thousand people who attended Governor DeSantis's speech uh, last Tuesday, I think it was Tuesday, uh, in Legacy Park in Elotra. And it was emceed by my good buddy, um, Ed Brady. And it was, um, Ed Brady was introduced by a couple of guys I know real well from a local radio station here. But throughout that, and, and you know, when the governor came on, he made a big deal about election integrity and his election committee and kept getting after the guys. And, but my point is, my good buddy Ed Brady never, ever, and it's not about me, it's not about Mark, never, ever mentioned that the discovery of voting irregularities, shall we call them, were first discovered right here in Alachua County, a blue county, by our data investigator and then shared with you by yours truly. Mark and I together broke that story. That was never even mentioned by my good friend, Ed Braddock. And the reason he could have mentioned it is imagine the rallying cry. Imagine the rallying cry that here in the blue county, we caught the blue supervisor. Just the two of us. I sent that story to Breitbart. Breitbart sent that story out. And the rest is history. Mark and I went to the state attorney with this discovery. 
Chuck Clements was right there with us. Did Chuck Clements mention us? No. He didn't say a word. He didn't say a word. At the legacy speech. Why didn't he? We sat in there and fought. We fought with the state attorney. Believe me. They could have, they sort of tried to, well, I'm not going to say sort of, they tried to dismiss us. We wouldn't leave. Clemens watched it. He was there. It started with us in Lachua County. And now it has become an election committee statewide. My point in saying this, having been a football coach, I can tell you one thing right now. We would never miss an opportunity to fire up our team. Never. We wanted that place rocking when we went out on the field. I have actually been in locker rooms. I'm sure many of you guys have who played. And I was always asked by the coach to give the dead gum pet. I always ask him, coach, why do you want me to give the, the talk before we go out on the field? Because these guys, coach, will run through that wall for you. I don't know what it was. That's what he told me. We were at Panama City, and the locker room was underneath the stadium. And the civilians were walking by to go in the stadium, and we came out into the midst of them. And our running back was throwing up. So excited and ready to go, we had them puking. There was a kid in that game for us who played half the game with a broken leg and didn't know it. So I just want to get that in here on the record. I want to get that on the record. Because we're still running into all sorts of obstacles. This dadgum article on the front page of the Gainesville Sunset, published in this liberal newspaper, has got all sorts of stuff in it, blaming everybody but the people who knew they shouldn't be voting. Listen, you've heard it. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. You see a stop sign and you run it and you say, well, I know stop sign meant stop. Well, you shouldn't be behind the wheel. In this article, it said, why are some people facing jail time? Because they broke the law. Yes, they have been breaking the law for a long time. We caught it. It's been going on for a long time. The supervisors don't catch anything. There's this permissiveness about voting. You've heard me describe it. Everybody who can make a fog on a mirror can vote. That's wrong. They 
They say that DeSantis is exercising a grotesque abuse of power. What do you mean a grotesque abuse of power? The law is a law. Just because the supervisors were either inept, lazy, or irresponsible and never caught it before doesn't mean it. And nobody really knows how much voter beep there is out there. <laughs> this article said that Florida is essentially pub- publishing, punishing people for doing something the state told them they could do. Okay. Okay. Is that what T.J. Pichet did when he went into the Lodgeville County Jail? Did he tell those guys? Ah, uh, it doesn't matter. Sign up. Well, we got the email showing that he knew when he went in there that wasn't so. The last guy to be picked up, they're trying to play the race card, was a white guy picked up up here in Alachua on a taillight out or something like that. Turns out he's a habitual criminal. Wasn't a, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't racial. So they tried to run that through the story. DeSantis announced the rest of 20 felons he said voted illegally. That was all started here. I don't know. Sometimes this stuff bothers me. I let it bother me too much. They don't know if election beep is a rarity. They didn't know there was election beep in the first place. How do they know it's a rarity? What about the victims that these people Sex offenders, they know darn good and well that they are forever on a sex offender list. You can supposedly go to a map and see where they are. They put in the article, what did I do wrong? And they told him he was a sex offender and he didn't have the right to vote. He said, I didn't know this. This is crazy, man. I'm out of this state. I'm done. No, you ain't out of this state as a sex offender. You ain't going nowhere unless the state knows you go, supposedly. But what about the victims? Has anybody in this article interviewed the victims of the crimes? No. No. Of course not. But yet you get these articles. Video shows several people in Hillsborough County, Florida, realizing they may be in trouble for allegedly casting a ballot as officials target alleged a voter be. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. 
The other thing I want to tell you, I spent a little time talking to you about. Let me see if I got any comments here. Is the article about GOP-led mailers mislead voters? You can't mislead somebody who's confused already. Okay? You can't mislead somebody who's misled already. Now, in this article by Andrew Kaplan, he's gone out and, and quoted, of all people, Rodney Long. Rodney Long's checkered past. I don't even want to get into that. He's quoted as saying, African-Americans aren't going to be fooled by this false mailer. Let me read something to you that my good friend Tim Martin sent me. Tim Martin sent me the NAACP.org site. And in the resolution section on page 66, the NAACP addresses the subject of single-member districts. Okay? NAACP.org. I'm going to read to you what that section says. This is the NAACP. This is not Evelyn Fox. This is not Rodney Long. This is their national organization. Whereas, if voting were a fundamental right, any law, including electoral schemes like at-large districts, would be subject to strict scrutiny and therefore would need to fulfill a compelling state interest through narrowly tailored means. It would be difficult to argue that at-large districts serve a compelling state interest when single-member districts allow minority groups a greater chance to choose a candidate of their choice, particularly because the creation of majority-minority districts can be required under Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. Did you hear it? Did you hear what the NAACP said itself? We don't like at-large districts. We want single-member districts. Are you with us? If this is, is this in the Gainesville sunset? Why does Ward Scott have to do all this? Of course, I have the research team helping me. 
I don't have a budget. I don't make any money on this show. I don't get introduced at the Lotchwell Black Tie Blue Jeans. It's right here in black and white in their own document. You can read all this stuff you want to read in the Gainesville Sunset, written by Andrew. Ka Andrew Kaplan's never called me up. They never call me up. Let me tell you something else wrong with the single member district thing. Mark Sexton is out there running his mouth about how bad single member districts would be. He is paid, he's a public information officer for Lotchwell County. He's paid with your taxes. He should be keeping his mouth shut. It's just like the cop with the gay pride crap on the cop uniform. The cop shouldn't have any of that on the uniform. He's for all people. Sexton should be the public information officer for all people. Do you understand that wild spaces, that type of thing, any of these issues that go out to the ballot can be put on the ballot by the county commission with a simple majority vote. Well, why won't they put, haven't they put for at least 20 years because they're afraid. Furthermore, let me talk about the county manager. I've been a city manager. I've been a manager of a public commission. I would not let my commissioners take a position as a commissioner about something that affected their commission role. Let me give you an example. When I was the city manager, a commissioner had a real estate license and was appraising property that the city had. I about went crazy. I pulled that commissioner. I said, what are you doing? You've been voting on these properties and you have an interest in real estate? You need to recuse yourself right now. And she did. The county manager should go to Big Mouth Cornell and the rest of them, and say, shut your trap about single-member districts for or against. Because it involves you. And listen, I'm telling you this. I'm not, you are the public. You're the public. 
Don't you think maybe you ought to say something to somebody about it? Or did you even know about it till I brought it up? Those commissioners should not be talking about the issue on the ballot of single-member districts for or against. The county manager should go, but why don't they? Oh, they're afraid. You know why they don't? They're afraid they get fired. A county manager or a city manager serves at the pleasure of a simple majority of the commissioners. It's a horrible situation because most of them are scared to death. They're going to lose six-figure jobs. If they rub the commissioners the wrong way, you need to go to Cornell and say, stand down. This stuff just jumps out at me when I see these. These are, I mean, I can't believe it. I mean, really. It's just amazing. In this article, Catlin says County Commissioner Ken Cornell argues that it's actually Perry and those closest to him that are running afoul of campaign laws. Senator Perry, this is a quote from Cornell, is using his office to once again threaten and intimidate Lockwood County while pushing his own agenda through dark money. Oh, you don't think Cornell isn't using his office, using taxpayer money? What is dark money? Money is money that frustrated people collect that the commission forces them to have to collect because the commission won't do what they're supposed to do and put it on the ballot. So people are forced to raise money. And why they want to sometimes, they call it dark money. I'll give you an example. Take a look at the contributors that the Gainesville Sunset exposes on the paper today. So if you give money and you're a business, they won't, listen, I can't even get any sponsors for this show. They're so scared. If you see a sponsor on the show, you better go patronize them because they got some nerve. Oh, they all want to listen to Ward Scott but they don't want to be associated with Ward Scott. The Republican black tie didn't even want to. Well, there you go. Go do something about it if you want to. Have a great day. Board Dog Command Center out. <laughs>